It's a very good afternoon. They say better late than never. Sorry about that. We had a slight technical issue, but we're here. We've made it. We've made it every single day. Don't you worry about it. And free of charge, by the way. We're not like RTE. We're not buying flip-flops or paying extortion fees to presenters. Actually, where's my wages this month? Uh, we've a lot to get through today, including RTE. And would you be happy to pay for RTE if it was a script subscription service? Uh, the government are now saying RTE are losing millions. Last month, by the way, RTE's revenue was down by 20 million because 25% of you last month decided not to pay the television license. Now, we can assume that's only a form of protest uh, because of what has been going on in the Oireachtas over the last two or three weeks. But here's the thing. The government have now said, really bad timing, we're actually going to increase the license fee, more than likely, that is a suggestion, and it won't be collected in the post office. You won't be able to pay for it in your stamps, probably. It'll be collected by the revenue commissioner, just like the property tax. If you don't pay it, you go to jail. Really bad timing. But here's the thing. Why should you pay it? If you don't watch it, why should you pay it? Isn't that the argument people are making? So I'm, I'm asking you today, if RTE was a subscription service, would you pay for it? Because I hear people saying, oh, I never watch RTE. But some of you do. You watch maybe The Late Late Show, Primetime, whatever it is. So would you pay for it? If it was a fiver a month, would you actually pay for it? But first, climate change. Europe is on fire. That's what we're hearing every single day. Dramatic reports from Sky News, the BBC and everybody else. These reporters out in the middle of Athens, out in the middle of Greece, out in the middle of Spain. Yesterday, a wonderful headline by the Belfast Telegraph suggesting it was 50 degrees in Gran Canaria and a Belfast woman burned the soles of her feet in the 50 degree searing heat. Now, I decided this is quite concerning, 50 degrees. My God, the record in Europe was in Sicily way back about 30 years ago, and that was 48 degrees. So how suddenly is it 50 degrees in Gran Canaria? So I checked. It was actually 27 degrees yesterday in Gran Canaria, so I don't know where they got the 50 degrees from. So are they lying to us on purpose? And what about the scary maps that we see on a regular basis? Yes, these scary maps. Look at them. Red, years ago... There used to be pictures of ice cream and sunshine. Do you remember that? I mean, they're not unusual temperatures for this time of the year. It is the summer. It is July and August. Sometimes it can be unusual for long spells, long dry spells, warm spells. But that happens every now and again, too. We've had heat waves. I remember when you, I was a kid, and I'm sure you remember the long summers. Do you remember that? Maybe they just seemed longer because we were smaller. But they were certainly warmer, or they seemed warmer. Maybe I'm wrong. To find out exactly what's going on, are we being lied to? Are we really part of the problem? Or are we really all going to die very soon? Well, there'll be mass extinction, according to Greta. Ivor Cummins, a man who studies everything and is an expert in logistics, but has studied climate change intensely. And he joins me on the line. Ivor, good afternoon to you. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, great to be back again on a non-controversial topic. <laughs> well, Ivor, we might as well enjoy it. We're all going to be dead in five years. Oh, was that five years ago when Greta said that? Well, anyway, mass extinction is on the way. I don't know. I mean, you've got a shirt on there. I'm surprised you're not bare top because we're all so warm at the moment. Mind you, I'm looking out the window and it's pissing raining. So realistically, Ivan, are we part of the problem? Is this a real problem? And is it being grossly exaggerated? Or is that just some sort of conspiracy theory? Right, Niall. Well, today what I'll do is I'm not actually an expert per se in this. I've spent some time looking into it, but I leverage the real experts. So today I'll be basically quoting uh, 
distinguished professor John Christie, who's a professor of climate and atmospheric science, and he's the head of the Climate Research Center in Alabama University, has been working on this for 45 years, and also emeritus professor uh, Judith uh, Curry, who again has 160 publications and again, climate science and atmosphere. Uh, so basically, it is true, and they would agree, and thousands more geologists and scientists, that CO2 has a warming effect on the Earth. Uh, it's most important when it's low, like 200 parts per million to 300 or 400, where we are now, which is 0.04% of the atmosphere. It has a warming effect, as noted by Arrhenius in 1896. However, the warming effect is very small. So out of the energy uh, from the sun and from the atmosphere, around 500 watts per meter squared, the CO2 might be in and around two watts per meter squared. So it's so tiny, it's hard to really measure. I, explain so that to me just for, just for a second, if I can stop you there, just like I'm a simpleton, right? So in other words, this CO2 that we're talking about for people who don't really understand, and I kind of do, but I just want to explain to our listeners, it basically forms a barrier around the Earth. So the heat gets in, but doesn't get back out again. So that's an, invariably what warms the Earth or keeps the Earth warm. It's an infrared emitter, yes, and it has a warming effect. The problem is all around how much is the warming effect, i.e. how many degrees will rise in the next 100 years, and are those rises catastrophic or perfectly manageable on our planet? And as Professor Christie points out, he's 45 years of records now using NASA satellites and atmospheric heat density, the best in the business. And he's pointed out we've risen 0.1 degrees per decade over the last 50 years, so 0.5 degrees Celsius, and obviously nothing has happened. He's also pointed out statistically without any question, and the IPCC themselves acknowledged this in the report two years ago, there is no evidence worthy of the name of weather events being affected by man-made climate change. So people can take that out. All what the media are saying about the floods, that is nonsense. It's only about temperature rise over the next 100 years and whether that will be a problem or not. Okay, so these other, you know, weather events, well, if you want to call them weather events, catastrophic events around the world, and let's be clear, we have always have had catastrophic events around the world. Actually, less people die uh, from catastrophic events now than did 100 years ago. A lot of that is due to early warning systems that we have now and the media and the way we can warn people about things that are going to happen, be it floods or, you know, volcanoes or whatever it happens to be. But when we look at, say, floods in Pakistan and places like that, uh, particularly around this time of the year, are they unusual events? Are they caused by atmospherics? Are they caused by what they're claiming that we are part of the problem as human beings? Uh, no, the answer is no, as Christy points out elegantly. And U.S. data shows the 1930s was a period of major weather events, forest fires, floods and droughts, much bigger than now. But they like to compare to the 70s, which was a relatively quiet period. And all of this is natural. Pakistan have the monsoon. Some decades it's particularly bad, some decades not so much. It relates to the ocean current cycles and atmospheric cycles and El Nino and many other factors. But remember that the IPCC themselves in their report, I think 21, strikes off all of the weather events and says there is no credible evidence essentially that that pertains to man-made uh, changes, purported I mean changes.
when COVID is over, so the media are getting bored, particularly in the United States because Trump has gone as well. They've left very little to be talking yeah. about. And now, of course, Sky News particularly are very much focused. Let's have a quick little report. This is a report from Sky News. The world is ending. Go ahead. Tourists have been here in droves at the Acropolis in Athens. You can still see them streaming down the exit ramp, many arriving much earlier than they ordinarily would have done in order to beat the heat, which is now starting to creep up into the high 30s, may get to 39 or even 40 today, even higher tomorrow. And there's many more tourists, brave tourists now, because brave it's so tourists. hot, waiting to get brave in. Ones. You can see that big shade tent there. She looks okay. She looks happy. To keep people out of harm's mm. way. I don't Lots see them falling there, or dying uh, or anything like that. Fanning or... themselves, using fanning parasols. Themselves. Who's fanning? Um, anything uh, to stay I'm good cool. with high parties. That's enough. That's enough of that video. I, I couldn't bear much more of that. <laughs> so th this dramatic reporting that it's going to be in the high 30s in Athens in Greece. I, I look back at the temperature in Athens and Greece over the last five years. This time of the year, it's always in the high 30s. Yeah, so it, it's just absurd. And the beauty is the data shows that. So the world is slightly increasing in temperature, as I mentioned from Professor Christie, uh, around 0.5 degrees in 50 years. And we're at the end uh, of the little ice age ended a while back. So now we're beginning to tilt up again. And it's based on enormous complex cycles uh, in terms of planetary movement, tilt, uh, oceans, atmosphere, everything. So there is a small contribution by CO2, but people need to understand that the modeling from IPCC, they were saying around three and a half degrees, I think in the next hundred years from their modeling. Remember Ferguson and Imperial College and the modeling mm. that oh, that yeah. caused the They'd trouble? Have, yeah, the 500,000 yeah. that were gonna die in a space of a year or something like yeah. that from COVID, the same lad, yeah. I've been working with models in engineering and problem solving for 25 years plus. Uh, it's garbage in, garbage out, depending on the political kind of goals. But in any case, IPCC have reduced right down their 3.5 degree to around 2 degrees now. But as Professor Christie points out from the real world data, myriad sources, and he has many publications, they are still out by at least a factor of 2 right? So if you divide their predictions in their model by two, right, we're down to maybe one degree in the next century. There is no way that will have a major effect. And I'll just give one example, Niall, and I know it's data, but as he points out, just one example, in their model, uh, for one degree rise in the atmosphere, they have 1.4 watts per meter squared goes out and escapes. But in real world, it has been measured. It's 2.6. So they are out relative to real world on a known variable by a factor of almost two. So the modeling and the IPCC, there's a 30, 40 year history that is geopolitical. And this thing is hugely political. And the science has been left behind or via modeling, it has been used to create catastrophes that then can enable enormous trillions to be reinvested wherever okay, it is we'll, desired. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the taxes in a minute because that seems to be how we do everything. We tax our way out of everything. Or we certainly tell the people that we can tax our way out of everything. In relation to, you know, the damage that we're doing to the planet as human beings, I mean, I can only look at the the evidence that I see around me. When I was younger, of course, we had chimneys with smog everywhere. We had, you know, factories with chimneys sticking up out of them. We don't see that anymore, really. 
I mean, okay, in places like China, you might still see that kind of carry on in Pakistan and India. But here in Ireland and in the Western world and in America, you tend not to see as much industry as you used to. Most industry is run differently now, a lot of sustainable fuels, et cetera, et cetera. But yet they're still claiming that this is massively increasing. That to me makes no sense. How could we still have massive increase in CO2 levels when we've actually reduced the amount of fossil fuel we're actually burning per head of population? I, I don't understand it. Maybe you could explain it to me. Well, I'm not entirely sure they're claiming that. So the developing world is using more because they want to be like us. They don't want to miss out because we've had 100 years of this massive advancement in health and, and lifestyle. Uh, and I think part of the politics here is it's to keep resources perhaps at a high level in the West and not being allowing developing countries to use them all up. So I think there's an element of resource guarding in this thing. But no, the CO2 emissions worldwide have kind of leveled off. But there's no real correlation over millions of years between CO2 and temperature in any case, because the CO2 warming effect kind of gets lost in the noise. And the big things that change temperature, the CO2 levels rose after the big increases in temperature, geological time. So basically, the, the increases in temperature warm the oceans, which are the massive reservoir of carbon dioxide, and that causes solubility to go down and more CO2 to be released from the reservoirs of the oceans. Um, so you can look anyway, mm. and nothing correlates. Okay, why are they also, when we're looking at weather forecasts now, I mean, not only do we see the scary maps, which look exciting years ago when I was a kid, the maps had pictures of ice cream cones and sunshines with little smiley faces. Now it's all red and pink and orange and you're all going to die. Black. But, <laughs> black even, right? You're, you're in real trouble if it's black. But why are they using ground temperature now rather than air temperature? They kind of sneakily did that one there recently where they've they've changed it to the ground temperature which is obviously going to be higher. Well, again, Professor Christie, and he's published on this, has done a beautiful job with his huge team there, uh, all professor level or similar PhD. So they look back and the New York Times gave a story about temperatures increasing, and they noted that a lot of the temperature measuring stations only went back 30 years. And the last 30 or 40 years, they're moving temperature stations into mainly airports and also places with asphalt car park lots, which is insane because you can get a big difference night and day by moving them. And they should be in a field, not near any buildings whatsoever. So they removed all of the stations that only had 30 years of data and they cleaned it up to the ones that had 50 to 100 years, absolutely dependable uh, with no skullduggery and the effect completely disappeared. That is happening again and again and again. And to be honest, Niall, we, we knew this from 2009 with the climate gate where they were all caught with their emails when they got released by a whistleblower, and they were all talking about how they could twist the record to give a hockey stick. And that's a fact that happened, but the media played it down. And in 2013, the Daily Express, I think, reported, I have the article, on IPCC, their report was not catastrophic enough. So all the heavyweights and political runners of the and funders of IPCC had big meetings, and it was leaked that they said, we need more catastrophe. 
And this is on the record. It's in well, what, the what about, what, about the, what about the famous quote, which originally I think came from Obama because it was based on some website, skeptic.com or whatever it was called. Um, you know, 98% of climate scientists agree. Um, now, that, that famous line, I think, has been misquoted throughout the years. Firstly, I think that the figure was actually a lot less than 98%. I think it was actually only about 87 But I think what they actually agreed on was the climate of the world is changing. I don't think they agreed that we're all something to do with it, but that's the way it's being made out. Where does that line come from? The 98% of, of climate scientists, by the way, agree. That comes from a published paper. I can't remember the title offhand, but I have it on my hard drive. And other papers came out afterwards and utterly debunked it. So essentially what they did was, as you mentioned, anyone who agreed that climate does change based on humanity or their activity, um, that was it. They were included. And when you drill down to people or scientists that agree that man-made is driving it, almost exclusively, and it will be a catastrophe, you get down to the low single digits. So the scientists now, after 30 or 40 years of funding of IPCC, anyone who questions the models of the data, forget about your career. You so they sifted and yeah. sifted and sifted. And now the climate scientists, right, they all largely agree because it's impossible to make a man believe something if his salary depends on not believing it. And this is geopolitics, and this is what we're involved in at this point. Uh, and currently, of course, you've got the Green Parties around the world, um, of course, jumping on board Ooh. because it keeps them in power. I'm sure you're a big yes. fan of Eamon Ryan. Uh, it keeps them in power, of course, because the more stuff that they bring in, the more taxes they can collect. So it's essentially of putting a charge. It's an excuse. But I mean, to, to make people pay that money, they have to use fear. And I'm looking here as well. Blazing sun. This is the headline of the paper today. Blazing sunshine, record temperatures, wildfires have prompted not just weather alerts, but warning from the UN's World Meteorological Organization, the uh, WMO, not the WHO. They were involved in the last scaremongering. Uh, this is the WMO, among others. And the WMO says heat waves will become more severe in the years ahead and the extreme weather patterns highlighting the need for rapid climate action. Across the world, millions of people are impacting and going to die. Now, so this is exactly where we went with COVID. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Hmm. It's it's. There's a phrase for it, uh, Hegelian dialect or problem reaction solution. In today's world, especially the last 50 years, no politicians can get anything done anymore by saying, hey, I have a vision of a better future for you guys. It's over. So they promise a disaster or a nightmare and they will be able to save us from it and all the other political stuff. But mm. it's worth noting, uh, and you might play the clip later at some point, Veritas organization with a hidden camera got I saw a very that. senior person in CNN and it is comical. And they asked him, what's going to be the next thing after COVID? And he says, climate. He says, we're going to be carpet bombing everyone on climate stuff. And, and, climate and he said, we'll, he said we'll get a good few years out of that one. That, I do remember yes, that was a and, hidden camera. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, and he indicated it's coming down from the top because the CEOs of all the media organizations, they're essentially captured now. Most They're mostly members of the World Economic Forum. 
And the WEF well, and the Well, they got to make up. money. Well, I mean, they, they're making money. I mean, at one stage Two. it was Trump, then it was COVID. They they need something for their top stories. And those top stories, and the scarier they are, of course, get more listeners and viewers. So that's exactly yeah. what they need. I mean, that's all, what it's all about for them. But look, it's a very interesting conversation. I think uh, the actual message to people is, don't be frightened. Don't be afraid. We're probably going to have good weather here, by the way. They say in September uh, and August. Uh, mm. It looks like we might have three or four weeks of sunshine. That's not unusual. It's summertime. Enjoy it while you can, uh, because it'll be back to the cold season again very, very soon. Ivor, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you joining us today, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon, if we're not all dead from the heat. Thank you. Absolutely, Niall, anytime. Great to clarify reality. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.